Welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast, a show exploring how herbs heal as medicine, as food, and through nature connection. I'm your host, Rosalie de la Forêt. I'm an herbalist teacher and the best-selling author of the books Alchemy of Herbs and Wild Remedies. I created this podcast to share trusted herbal wisdom so that you can get the best results when relying on herbs for your health. I love offering up practical knowledge to help you dive deeper into the world of medicinal plants and seasonal living. My goal is that you'll walk away from each episode feeling inspired to start working with herbs in your everyday life. Each episode of the podcast is available on my Herbs with Rosalie YouTube channel, as well as your favorite podcast app. Transcripts and recipes for each episode can be found at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. To get the latest news as well as fun bonuses, be sure to sign up for my weekly herbal newsletter. Okay, grab your cup of tea. Let's dive in. I'm so thrilled to bring you this conversation with my friend, Sharon Gray. Sharon is an acupuncturist, Chinese medicine practitioner, and Sufi chaplain, specializing in digestive health and heart healing. She's also a vegetable gardener, backyard forager, and she loves cooking up simple, wholesome food. Welcome to the podcast, Sharon. I'm so excited to have you here with me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really thrilled to be here. Yeah, we were kind of talking earlier that um, we're both at home. We live in the same valley and we got a couple feet of snow last night. So it's kind of a funny thing. It's like a big snow day for us, but we didn't have to travel anywhere. So no, no. And it, yeah, it definitely started out, started off with a bang this morning, getting stuck yeah, and shoveling, yeah. but it was good. <laughs> yeah, that amount of snow is, it's real. It's a real thing. Mm -hmm. It is. Well, to begin, Sharon, I would love to hear about your healing path and how, how you got started and how you found yourself here today. Hmm. Well, um, there, there are a couple of points in my life where plants played a significant role. And the first one was growing up in rural Maine, so a tiny, tiny little town, 200 people, the deep woods. And I just spent a lot of time outside and spent hours and hours and hours just building forts and uh, hanging out in the garden or playing along the river that was just right at the end of our driveway. Mm -hmm. So we were really lucky to have nature just right outside our door. And so that was a, a big part of my childhood. And, and my, my first memory of that around plants was my sister showing me how to find sorrel in the grass. Mm -hmm. I just remember like being down and like her showing me how to identify it and, and tasting that like zippy sour flavor. And, and uh, yeah, she was a big, big influence for me. I think she, she was born an herbalist. Like she mm -hmm. just knew all these things. And so I was showing me how, like what you could eat out in the woods or in, in the yard like plantain and dandelion and gooseberries and dewberries and all kinds of things. And, and whatever she told me to eat, I would eat. So <laughs> I was very trusting when I think about it, but um, it worked out okay. And yeah. So that was the, that was the first taste. Mm. That just reminds me, this is kind of tangential, but I'm remembering that I saw a photo of herbalists gathering together this totally different context and there was you 
in there. And like, I know you from this other thing. So do you remember what that was? Oh, I, oh my gosh. Was it Robin DePasquale? It might've been. 17 herbalist. I think that maybe it involved your sister or something. And Oh, maybe it was that. Okay. I was thinking of another time I cooked, there was a plants and ceremony mm -hmm. class that I cooked for. So you might've seen that, but there was also uh, the, my sister's herbal solstice gathering in Maine, uh, Gail Edwards. That's what, was. That's what it was. So I saw the photo from Gail and I was like, that looks like Sharon. And it was just kind of these like worlds colliding because we, you know, each other from living next to each other and I had no idea that you were hanging out with Gail so yeah well thanks to my sister we went and spent that that weekend together there it was really incredible it was a couple summers ago uh pre-covid pre we went out there and it was amazing mm -hmm. and spent time on the farm yeah yeah and so you, you grew up with nature you grew up with plants with your sister born herbalist yes <laughs> and then what happened my late teens, early twenties, I got, I got really sick as with a lot of folks here and, um, and I uh, had some very severe digestive issues, dropped down to 72 pounds. My organs were shutting down, almost died. And there was this time where, I mean, there was a time where I couldn't do anything, but as I was re recovering, there was this time where all I could do, like my entire life was devoted to cooking and eating. I was like, that was my entire day. And that whole practice, that experience was this opportunity to learn how to, to love myself and nourish myself and to begin listening on a deeper level to what my body was asking for not just my body, my heart, everything. And so that was, um, yeah, that was pretty much my life. And it really got me not just interested, but devoted to the, the subject of nourishment, you know, both physically and emotionally, spiritually. So that got me down, like, you know, into the formal study of nutrition at first, because in my mind as a, you know, 20-something-year-old girl, I thought, well, it's, it, was, it was about food, and it was. I mean, for me, there was that physical sustenance that was really important, changing the kinds of things I was offering myself. Yeah, and then there was also this shift into realizing just how much went into to tending ourselves, and that got me more into Chinese medicine and learning about seasonal nourishment and living in harmony with nature and nurturing our, our, true, our true selves, our true nature, and, and helping us be our most fruitful selves, like who we're supposed to be, which is very different than, you know, we're very different, everyone's very different, and we need different things to, to be who we are. Yeah, so that was a big, big part of it right there, what got me down this path. Mm -hmm. I have the sense that maybe we had a similar path where we were, went searching for answers for ourselves and we might have had that evolution of like finding the one truth and then finding Chinese medicine and seeing that there is no one truth and that that deeper explanation of what works as individuals and how that is immersed within seasonal living and there's not one way. 
Absolutely. That was that even when I was studying nutrition, that was my philosophy. Mm-hmm. I'd been getting acupuncture for several years at this time. And I just I, I truly believe that we're, we're all nourished in different ways. And even just on a on a physical level, like the the, the qualities of food and the qualities in our body, they're, they're very unique. And we can work with that and find, find ways to balance and strengthen, you know, by, by paying attention. And, and I mean, I could go, go on and on about that, but, but absolutely. And Chinese medicine really, that's the heart of, of it all is that, you know, like, like in nature, everything needs something different to thrive. And you mentioned the word nourishment, which I love that word because if if I was asked to give like synonyms for Sharon Gray, nourishment would be high up on the list of just something I strongly associate with you on many different levels, Um, Mm. which seems especially fitting that you chose uh, oats and oat straw for today. So what what called you to, to speak about oats today? Well, oats to me are the epitome of nourishment. <laughs> That's exactly why I chose oats. And I appreciate you saying that. I will say that I chose oats in my life because nourishment didn't come easy for me. I mean, I'd always ate a hearty diet and had, didn't have a problem taking in food, but I tend to be, I won't go into this all right now, but like I tend to be someone who just like goes, goes, and goes and really puts out a lot of energy. And so I need a lot of nourishment to sustain myself. And so that's a very easy way that I can fall off balance. And so oats to me is an incredible antidote for that as someone who who tends to do that. And I'll share more about like what else I recommend that for if you'd like, but that's why I chose oats is is my friend. It is my, oh, I I buy it literally by the 10 pound sack. (laughs) So I always have, and I have some with me right now. It's it's Mm -hmm. definitely something that is always on hand. One thing I love about oats is the many versatile ways that we can experience oats. And I thought maybe we should yeah. just clarify that a little bit because some people yeah. watching this might be thinking about oats, like breakfast oats. Right, right, right. It, does, it is the same plan, but often as herbalists, yeah. we're talking about oat straw or milky yeah. oats, one of those. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I have nothing against the oat plant, but the one that I'm referring to is definitely in the, the dried stage. And I love milky oats as well. So so the, the immature seed of the oat grain is this, you know, milky little pod that has this very nourishing substance. And depending on how you harvest it, that same milky oat can be a dried little oat pod or the grass can be used also as the straw to make herbal infusions or tea, many different things that we can talk about later too. But so those are the two kinds, or really the one that I'd like to focus on the most is just the dried oat straw or oat tops. I tend to buy the oat tops. I don't know why, I just really like them and that's what's available to me here. So that's what I, what I tend to use the most. I love the dried oats just for the sensorial experience. Like it's just fun to like have those dried mm-hmm. oats, like the oat tops specifically. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. No, especially a 10 pound sack of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nothing to get you connected with a sense of abundance with, <laughs> with that much. So do you remember when you were first introduced to oat straw infusions or oat top infusions? 
Yes. It wasn't until maybe about 16, 17 years ago, and uh, someone made a big vat of oat straw lavender infusion. It just, I mean, I felt it entering my body and it had this substance to it that mm -hmm. I had never experienced before, you know, despite its simplicity. Yeah. And I knew at that moment that I was in love. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, as I, as I learned more, about it. I mean, I had I had the experience of Chinese medicine already. So after that experience, I started looking into it more from a Chinese medicine perspective. And that's when I really began to connect the dots and, and realize like why it's such a it's so connected to the word nourishment, the the simplicity of it, the mild, sweet flavor, so gentle. It's not too to warming or cooling, it's very much in the middle. And that all of those things really help nurture and support what we call the spleen and stomach in Chinese medicine or the earth element. And the earth element is all about nourishment and satisfaction and fulfillment and grounding and resilience. And also just that feeling of being held and supported and like you belong to something bigger so that that is what i feel when i drink oats oat infusion mm -hmm. it tonifies qi and blood too which i think is really important to mention in chinese medicine which is like the the foundational building blocks of life of uh, that gives us vitality and so, yeah, that 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 is what I I take away from from oats right now. That's a beautiful sharing of oats and the earth element. And I'm I'm glad you brought up the earth element because that is a shared love of ours. The five phases or five elements of Chinese medicine and something that we've gotten to know each other better through. So we share a mentor, Thea Elijah, who I met. I'm pretty sure because of you, actually. I think you encouraged to go to my first class and it's been a concentrated field of study for me ever since i love how you described you know the earth element and all those beautiful things and that how oats is the kind of this embodiment of the earth element i'm wondering if it would be helpful for listeners if we kind of like turned it on the head like who would be like ideal for oats you know <laughs> that's a great question i love that the people i would um recommend oats for are the ones who just go and go and go and go until there's nothing left and then they keep on going you know and to the point of exhaustion yeah that's one one aspect of people who I'd, I'd recommend that for and also people who think a lot you know maybe they're always planning or strategizing or you know like making their to-do list or even just like thinking about other people and what's going on around them a lot. Uh, that's also something I'd recommend oats for. And also, it's just this is really big for the for around the earth element. People who are incredibly generous, even if they don't think they're generous, they're the people who have a much easier time helping other people, giving to other people than they do taking in and getting help, you know, asking for help, receiving. 
those are the people I just want to like make a nice warm cup of oat straw infusion for and tell them to just kick back and just yeah take it in yeah there's such a soothing quality to oats and we've mentioned it's nourishing and another plant that is very similar but very different is nettle and that those are often considered two of our most nutrient dense but oat straw is so different in that it's there's a softer quality to it it's more moistening in quality as well than Mm -hmm. nettles are and when people are just getting started with the idea of drinking herbal tea as nourishment yeah oat straw generally tastes better for a lot of (laughs) definitely yeah that that very mild sweetness you know some people some people I'll warn and say it's a little bit like drinking a cup of a barnyard <laughs> tea, sort of, because I know what they're going to think. It's very different than some of the things they're they're used to, but it's just, I mean, my goodness, I think once you take that in and really embrace the simplicity of it, it just has such a richness, such, there's so much going on and it does so many amazing things. You know, it's not, and it's not just for those people. I mean, my goodness, like, it's amazing for, you know, both, I mean, most famously, I think, calming nerves. So anyone who's feeling frazzled or just like stressed out or just anxious, it's so good for, for um, just bringing us down a notch and also good for digestion and our moods, even good for uh, like our hearts. You know, that's even acknowledged in in western mainstream medicine even a little little mojo is good for good for your libido it's like does so many things a simple simple herb is just incredibly powerful i think i love the recipe that you shared and i think there's no i i don't think there's any like a wrong way to make tea with oat straw but because it's so nutrient dense in order to get those nutrients out you need to make it in a special way so I want to hear about your oat straw infusion yeah. with lavender, which I love that addition. Oh, yay. Okay. Well, it's, I mean, it's about as simple as you can get without just doing the straight oats. I think that the main thing is really giving it time to, to steep. So for this, it's the, it would be a, an infusion where you boil the water and you pour it over your herb. And then just, and usually I go for a full ounce. Sometimes I just dump it in. Like I, I don't even just stick with an ounce sometimes. Yeah. And a little bit, of, a little pinch of lavender, not too much. And you can yeah, judge. It goes a long way with lavender. It really does. It really does. For me, it's more like an essence of lavender. You know, I don't really want to like taste it strongly. I just want to kind of feel that the soothing quality of that herb as well. Yeah, and just let it steep. Really important to just keep it covered to keep all that good stuff in there while it's steeping. And then after four, six hours or longer, if you you know can do it overnight, just yeah, strain it and drink. And just really, I think I think it's important to mention that we could drink all the oat straw in the world, but it's not going to change our patterns like it's really important also to remember why we're depleted you know what are the things without judgment but just like recognizing our role in how we're feeling at that time and just taking the opportunity to listen you know even in these small moments like like pouring yourself a cup of oat straw and offering it to yourself is an incredibly powerful gesture that can create you know 
a cascade of events <laughs> leading more to more nourishment in your life. So really, you know, like take it seriously when you're when you're making this. This is this is powerful medicine and a gift to yourself. So I, I think that's that's what I learned when I was sick. Like it's a it's a gift. So offer it to yourself and receive it. Mm -hmm. Not like, oh no, no, I can't do that. <laughs> None of that. This message is for the listeners. As you probably know by now, I love to share recipes when we talk about these plants. Recipes are a wonderful way for you to get involved and create your own experience with herbs. It's one thing to hear about someone else's experience of oats, but an entirely other thing to form your own relationship with this plant through observing, tending, and of course, tasting. To help you get to know oats more deeply, Sharon is sharing an oat straw and lavender infusion recipe. You can download your recipe card by visiting herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. There, you'll also find the show notes, including direct links to Sharon's offerings and a transcript of this interview. I'm wondering if we could take a moment to talk about the back body concept, because this is a concept that I, I, it's like, I need it in my life a lot. So I think about it. It's something we learned from our mentor, Thea Elijah, and something I think oats helps, like all the things you've been talking about is kind of like this parallel line with that. So I wonder if you'd be open to talking about the back body concept. Yeah. In fact, you might even see me, I, I just caught myself kind of holding my heart. Sometimes that helps me bring more attention back down into my body when I get really excited and kind of welled up. It's like the anti-oat feeling when we're when we're coming up and out of our bodies, which we tend to do so much in our lives, especially, you know, when we spend a lot of time on the computer or just, you know, caring for other people. I think we're habitually pulled out. We're like two steps, three steps, 10 steps ahead of ourselves. And so the back body is like the, you know, coming back all the way in, all the way down. And even just beginning, before we even think about the back body, even just thinking about our chair, you know, like how much are you trusting your chair right now? You know, are you really allowing it to hold you? Or are you, you know, if someone were to pull it out from under you, would you still be in the same position? <laughs> so it's a, it's a good opportunity to just check in. That's the first step. Like, oh, maybe I'll just listen to my body for a moment. Like, what, where is it? Again, without any judgment. And just see if you can give it a little bit more of your weight, even a few more ounces of your weight. We are so much heavier than we think we are. You know, we try to go around and not take up too much room and make ourselves, I think we make ourselves a lot smaller than we are. And so this is an opportunity to kind of like poof out a little bit more, you know, like not just in our front, but in our back to like take up more of our space, not be so worried. We're not we're not going to offend anyone or hurt anyone. In fact, if anything, we actually invite people that we're with to like come back into their bodies more. And I think that those connections, when we are connected to ourself first, connected to the ground first, the, the heavens first, then whatever we're doing and whoever we're connecting with, those experiences will be a lot richer and we might
might feel so much more of their flavor, of their, their, who they are, when we allow them to, to come to us. You know, when we, when, and I say that, it sounds a little funny when I say that, but what I mean is we don't need to jump out of our skin to connect with someone. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so, like, it's a very easy thing to do. Oh, I know and what so, you mean because I do it all know? the time. Yes. <laughs> so well, I, I do too. And this is my practice, not my natural gift. And, um, and so if we're both doing that, it's like our bubbles are, we're kind of like in our bubbles and we can feel each other but we don't have to leave anything behind. And so, yeah, our back body, there's infinite space behind us as much as there is in front of us, above us, below us. And sometimes we just need to remember that. And I think if we did even just a little bit, then we start making different decisions we start choosing different things to put into our bodies because we're just more connected to what's going on inside of us. Mm. And I really feel like oats can be our companion with all of this because they can serve as the reminder. And what I love about this is like, in some ways we're talking about like ethereal things like, oh, you feel like you're outside of your body or back your body. I think we can all know what that feels like and experience it. And that's why I like the like actually thinking about our back body because it's a physical presence that we can easily forget. The oats are grounding, they're nourishing. They can just help bring us back in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, can we can we feel it's really I don't think it's even something that's um, you know, like yeah, woo-woo or like you know, out there some existential. It's it's like a very human experience. Mm-hmm. It's like we we have these the sensory system within our bodies that we just oftentimes just don't tap into. And so oats is kind of a way, a reminder to just simply come in and come down and just allow ourselves again to just be held. You know, earth is about being filled and held and supported. And oats, I think, kind of help us feel that from the inside out. You know, this... This can take practice. So if you, you know, drink a cup of oats, and you're like, I don't feel held. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's, it's okay. It's okay. Because this is, I mean, for me, I've been trying to practice being held for almost 20 years and it, it can take a lot of time. So be gentle with yourself, but even begin to be open to the fact that maybe, maybe you could be. That is, I think, almost the most important part is putting that seed out there to germinate. Mm-hmm. With that. Yeah. You know, the getting started is the most important thing. And then it'll, yeah. with practice, it grows. Yeah. But until we like plant the seed, it doesn't grow. Yeah. So it really just starts with the intention. Yeah. And earth is not about perfection. Earth is about good enough, you know, and just like rolling up your sleeves and doing the best you can and just like unbutton your pants and let things hang out a little bit more like that's earth, you know? <laughs> so it's like the, yeah, it's just an opportunity to allow ourselves to be good enough. Yeah. And oats is wonderful for allowing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's good enough. It's good enough just the way it is like in, in an infusion or tea or however you'd like to, to make it. But it's also a base that can just receive so many other different ingredients, you know, like you said, with 
with nettle. I love making oat straw and nettle tea or mm-hmm. infusion or so many things. But anyway, it's just, it's like the base. It's like you're just the, the foundation. So it's good enough just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Well, Sharon, I'm excited to hear about what projects you have going on in your life right now. Mm, projects. Uh, well, the biggest one that I have going on right now is creating my first real, I mean, I've done this live several times, but this is my first comprehensive, really meaty digestive health class that's based on Chinese medicine. And so I'm, I'm hoping, hope, hope, hoping that it will help people kind of like really understand how what's going on in their digestion, like really breaking it down into simple bite-sized pieces. And so that that's what I'm really excited about right now is, is putting that together. And I'm hoping to be done that here pretty soon. We'll see. That is so wonderful. I'm so excited for the people who are going to be participating in that because you have kind of the wounded healer background of dealing with digestive stuff yourself, but also the perspectives that you bring through nutrition and nourishment, as well as herbs, as well as Chinese medicine, and mm. so many other aspects I know that you bring in as well. So it's just a, mm. it's a unique set of offerings that I think is a, will be really powerful for a lot of people. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm trying. There's so many things I want to share around digestion, but what I'm trying to do now is just like come back to the the physical self. Primarily, I can't take the spirit out of it entirely, but like physical level and then add on. Even the physical part is adding on layer upon layer and then get into more of the the psycho-spiritual aspects of digestive health on top of this, but we need a foundation. We need to all be on the same page of what's going on in our bodies. And so that's, that's my plan. I'm trying to, trying to keep it simple (laughs) and build on that. Yeah. Well, it sounds wonderful, Sharon. Thank you. My last question for you is a question I'm asking everyone in season three. And the question is, what are you doing with herbs lately? That's new to you, maybe might be something that you're thinking about or a recipe or I don't know, just something new with herbs. Yeah, yeah. New to you. Actually, the newest, newest, newest thing as of just two nights ago, it actually involves oats. I've been I've been hanging out with oats a lot this week. And this this was something this is something I've been wanting to do for a really long time, like years. And for some reason I've never tried it until two nights ago. And it's baking my oatmeal. Hmm. I love baked oatmeal. Oh my gosh. I'm the only one who has not had this yet. It's like all <laughs> rage on the internet. Everyone has a recipe and I, I just picked one and I tried it and it's amazing. I don't know why I haven't done it yet because I've been baking other grains for like 20 years, rice, quinoa, meal, everything, everything I've baked except for oatmeal. Yeah. It's so it's kind of like, is it dessert? Is it breakfast? Everything. Is it breakfast, I, dessert? Everything. <laughs> we, have, we have tried it all in the last, in the last uh, 36 hours. In fact, most mm-hmm. of it's gone. There's just a little, little bit left. We did a good number on it. The blueberry. Is, oh my gosh. It's oh, so good. Yum. Well, that's a lovely new thing. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, it's not so much the the thing that's new. I mean, I've eaten oats plenty of times in my life, but but just the way of preparing it makes it an entirely different experience. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, and the reason I asked this particular question of like what's new is because, I, you know, I have people on the show from all walks of life, people like you have been working with herbs 
for decades, people who are well, newer to it. But yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter how long you've been working, there's like something new is possible all the yeah. time. You know, as herbalists, yeah. we never get bored. So Yeah, yeah. Well, and for whatever it's worth, I mean, I'd love to share a little tidbit about that too, because it got me thinking about like how much the way we do something different can change the, not just the experience, but the actual food in, in Chinese medicine, like a, say you take something and you steam it, it has one energetic quality it won't be, um, maybe it, maybe it's like neutral or slightly warm. And then you take that same food and you bake it. And it becomes even warmer. You know, it actually changes the the energy and like what it does to, in your body, and and roasting and so on. So, so to me, it's like the same thing I've eaten, but it's it's completely different in how mm-hmm. one that tastes, but also how it feels while I when I eat it. So anyway, for whatever it's worth, I just wanted to. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. That is such a cool aspect of Chinese medicine and something you don't, you know, obviously need to be a Chinese herbalist to figure out because it really is about that presence and experiencing it and just being open to to feeling what is. Yeah, trying it out, listening. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Sharon. I really enjoyed our conversation and and hearing about oats and uh, all of its nourishing, nourishing ways. Mm. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. For the listeners, don't forget to head over to herbswithrosaliepodcast.com to get free access to Sharon's oat straw and lavender infusion. Also available are the complete show notes, including the transcript. You can also visit Sharon directly at bellyandsoul.com. I deeply believe that this world needs more herbalists and plant-centered folks. I'm so glad that you're here as part of this herbal community. Have a beautiful day. Hey, thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found today's episode helpful. And if you're a new listener, thanks for checking out the show. And don't forget that you can find all the recipes, links, and show notes over at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. While you're there, you can subscribe and get updates when new episodes release and even submit your requests for future podcast episodes. The world needs more people who are connected to the earth and the healing gifts of plants. I'm so glad that you're here for this adventure. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Rising Appalachia for the use of their beautiful song, Resilience. Listen to more from Rising Appalachia at risingappalachia.com.